Hello, Browns fans. This is Rod Bloom. I'm normally the host of this podcast, but for this particular show, what you're about to hear is a completely unscripted discussion between myself, the real LA, Lane Adkins, and Rachel. This was Lane's idea, and we thought we would give it a shot. We hope you enjoy it. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Shut up. I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Am I too loud? I don't care about the hearing part. I want to know what dinner was. I'm still eating it. You mean what dinner is? Okay. That doesn't doesn't help us any. All right. I'm here so I don't get fined. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I have a roast beef sandwich with butter pickles. Okay. See how this is? Because I'm a sandwich girl. Sandwiches are the bomb. Hold on, I gotta adjust my seat. God. She gotta adjust. She gotta adjust her seat. I'm looking for the damn roast beef sandwich. When I get my roast beef, I'll shank you first. (laughs) (laughs) Such fun you are. Hold on, gotta stuff my face for a second. What what do you have tonight, Lane? I have not had anything besides a. Zero sugar Mountain Dew. Ooh, those aren't bad. That and after I finish that one, then I will down a zero sugar A and W cream soda. Oh, cream soda is a bomb. Oh yeah, I I bought. I I bought ten twelve packs because they were on sale at Marks. (laughs) Three for eleven, baby. Ten twelve packs. Ten twelve packs. How many calories is that exactly? I don't know. Let's look since we're having such an interesting podcast here. <laughs> it's it is zero fat. Oh wait, are we? Recording? I was going to say it's probably zero. There wait, is all together. 100 milligrams of sodium. Yeah, baby, load me up with the salt. No carbs. <laughs> no sugar. No protein. I can drink this shit forever. No calories. Brad, are we recording? <laughs> we are recording. Yeah, this yeah. gets no better. Roast beef and all kinds of zero sugar pop. Uh, I got some tea. You got tea? Yeah. What kind of tea is it? Is it pure leaf? It's always pure leaf. What are you talking about? That's the only kind to buy. I usually homebrew my tea, though, but I couldn't do it this fast because I had to haul ass home. You say homebrew or homegrown? (laughs) Homebrew. So you know, Lane, the other where, green stuff. <laughs> Lane, where are you storing 10, 12 packs of cream soda in your garage, in your basement? <laughs> They're actually against the wall in my living room. Makes it nice and simple. Okay. Easy to get to. You, you probably, can you reach it from your chair? Absolutely. TV? Perfect. <laughs> Dude, I swear I am a guy because I want to get a fridge for right next to me so I can put my teas in it so I don't have to get up. Yeah, that's not I, a bad idea. Yeah, you fridge guy. I I don't give a shit about any of that. I just want to talk about the roast beef. I mean, you're not you, getting my roast beef. You, Forget you, about it. You just come on here, and then and then you tease us because you're you're chowing down sandwiches. A you know, sandwich. And, I'm not a heifer. And we're sitting here going, you know, you, you don't bring none of that shit to us. What's wrong? Hell no. What's wrong with you? Get your own shit. Oh. 
I guess until we start doing this show live, you know, it probably doesn't really matter a lot, does it? And all in, in one location. <laughs> oh my god! The great thing about editing. That's right. I don't do it. That's the great thing. I. All right. I, I swear. Let me let me swallow some tea for. Now I'm clicking on this pizza place because now I need food. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I always seem to make you hungry. I don't know why. And what's up with that? Yeah, I'm drinking a peanut peanut butter porter tonight. Ugh. Peanut butter? Oh, peanut butter and dark beer, yeah. Ugh. What's wrong with you? Uh, peanut butter and beer just go good together. Peanut butter is gross. Did you ever try that peanut butter whiskey? I have not, and I've been meaning to ever since I saw it, probably like what five years ago yeah it's been a while yeah um yeah i'm gonna try it one someday i I never tried it i just couldn't i couldn't bring myself to peanut butter and whiskey or anybody who just slugs down those white claws i just can't apple pie moonshine i'll do that (laughs) (laughs) i used to drink that god i don't even know how like okay so i've been sober since 97 so let's see here. That's however many years that is, because I don't math. Um, yeah, yeah. shine left. About twenty-four uh, years. Yeah, about twenty-four years. So July first, nineteen ninety-seven was the day I quit. Excuse me, I almost burped. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm a dude, man. I don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> what was I saying? Oh. Uh, yeah, but apple pie moonshine and lemon drops was what I was drinking that night. Well, they didn't have all these uh, different kind of beers and stuff back then. Oh, no. that You just had Bud Light. Yeah. So all these <laughs> different craft beers, it's kind of, it, it's interesting to try different ones. But I like, I just like peanut butter. You you don't you don't sound like you like peanut butter or I anything. I hate peanut butter. Listen, oh, man. When, you get, when you get force-fed oatmeal for breakfast, peanut butter for lunch, and then, like, spaghetti for dinner every day in your childhood, you kind of just, I don't, and I, okay, and I'm about to get aided upon if you put this on air, but I hate Reese's Pieces. I hate Reese's Cups. I hate anything to do with chocolate and peanut butter put together. I'll tear up some Reese's Cups. Rachel, yes. we got some of the, you know, the the Reese's, I don't even know what they're called, but they're, like, all peanut butter. Have you seen Ugh. these, Lane? Yes. Oh, that's a lot of peanut butter. <laughs> it is, but we got the we got the little ones that are wrapped in foil, you know. Yeah, well, y'all the, making me nauseous. Table. You're doing uh, this on purpose. Well, they're, they're they're good, and you know, I, you, Rachel, you say you were you were force fed this stuff. Me, me growing up, uh, I don't know what age I started, but for probably. Probably 30, 40 years straight. I had Raisin Bran for breakfast almost every day. And, yeah. And, um, you know, I don't I don't anymore. I, I eat other stuff. But um, Cornflakes was the other one. I haven't been able to eat Cornflakes yeah. since I was a kid. And I, I still like Raisin Bran. I haven't had it in a while. But I, I used like to, I used to, when I got home from school, I used to have two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every day after school, oh, like all God. through high school. I, I oh. love peanut butter. I love, I still love peanut butter. Oh, God. Oh, how am I friends with you? Oh, Lane, Lane, what, where do you stand <laughs> with peanut butter? We're going to make you take a side here. Yes. 
considering Go ahead, just, Blaine. Considering, Take a side. <laughs> considering last week I munched down some of those uh, Reese peanut butter cups with the pretzel pieces in them. Ugh. Your peanut butter guy. And, and they were... The shit was good. Oh, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Peanut butter is just good, man. Peanut liars. butter, peanut butter pie, peanut butter anything. No, 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 no. You know, she, you know, you know. The bad thing is, is that you know we're talking about peanut butter, and she waltzes in here with roast beef, and she just. I didn't like, waltz in anywhere. Okay. You know, and she, she's all, just like. <laughs> she's first like, of all, she's like roast beef, peanut butter. No, like, I did not say peanut butter. I said I mean, roast I mean, beef with butter pickles. <laughs> This shit, right. this shit doesn't balance at all. Oh, shut up. You're not eating what I'm eating. It balances just fine. <clears throat> the pickles sound good. Go ahead, yeah. Lane. I dare you. Ah, no, we, we're going to do a show when we're going to get into this. This is going to we're going to make this a really interesting evening. <laughs> <Shit>. But <laughs> my question is, is now, what did you have on the sandwich besides roast beef? That's okay, what I want to know. Had, I had sharp aged white cheddar. Oh, that's a bomb. I had Gosh. some multi-grain mustard. That'll work. Perfect. And yeah. I had some wheat thick bread. Ooh. Thank you, and I'm still eating it. Nicely done. Hey, Rod. Yeah. I think we just shut this shit down and just go to her house. No. <laughs> how many How many of these sandwiches do you have, Rachel? I have about three pounds of roast beef in my fridge. Yeah, Ooh. see it. I, I like different kinds of mustard, too, and I like, yeah. I'm a mustard girl. I don't like ketchup. No. Yeah, I, I like mustard better, I mean, I think, you know. Um, I mean, ketchup has its place with certain things, but on a sandwich, you got to no. have mustard. It's got to be mustard. I'm so rude. I'm yeah. talking with my mouth full. I don't yeah, I wouldn't put ketchup on a sandwich, but. Uh, I would know, have to beat your product. ass if you did. No, I. I, oh, I want to see, see you put ketchup on a sandwich now, because I just want to see her beat your ass. <laughs> <laughs> it might be worth watching. <laughs> he just lay there. No, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. <laughs> no, I think I'm getting down there now. But I mean, I used to have six or seven different kinds of mustard in my fridge. So yeah, I have about. Oh, uh, if you go to like Fresh Time or Aldi's, even they have uh, different kinds of mustard you can get. I have about twelve sitting in my pantry. Nice. And, yeah, I have backups too. <laughs> Yeah, good because yeah. she's a sandwich girl. I love sandwiches. Like I love a good sandwich. I don't even care if it's like, except for like pastrami. I don't like pastrami. I like roast beef mostly. A good smoked turkey was really good. Um, a really sweet ham, but not too sweet, where it's just like sugary. Then you get a smoked ham, which mm, I'm smoked. not a huge yeah. Yeah. I'm not a huge ham for person, but but if you get a good smoked ham, oh, that's how about, like. How about Black Forest ham? Oh, that stuff's so good. That's it's so expensive, though. Yeah, but it's, it's like, good. yeah, it's up there with roast beef. That's like $12 yeah. a pound. I got this roast beef on sale. Uh, so I this is right before, like, two hours before I got, you know, just take uh, Jordis to the doctor and then come here. So I'm throwing my sandwich. I don't even know where my cat went. It scared him. He's you up know, here the, somewhere. But you know, the moral of the story is, is that you, you got your roast beef on sale and Rod and I couldn't even get it on sale roast beef from you. And guess what? Oh. I don't care. See how this is? 
And Lane hasn't had anything. I I had a That's grilled not cheese. My fault. I had a grilled I'm cheese for babysitter. dinner. <laughs> yeah. I'm not his babysitter. <laughs> she she's taking care of herself. About how it works. Anyway, okay. Uh, let me just let me slug down some more of this uh, zero sugar pop. Yeah, get that strength up. You're gonna need it, bro. <sighs> <laughs> the did mic guys, sounds good. Did you guys see? We were at we were at the grocery the other day, and they have they have Coke with coffee in it now. Mm-hmm. Ew! Ew! Really? Yeah, I, I'm not. I don't I drink try coffee. Try it now, though. I, I wouldn't try it probably, but. I'll try it. I just thought you can get some Pabst with coffee in it. I eat Pepsi with Pabst? mango. Or eat <laughs> no drink Pepsi with mango. Okay, look, my ADHD is kicking in today, so it, it, it's it's been a lot today. Okay. Oh yeah. my goodness. I think we can all relate. I think this whole week's kind of been like that. I don't even know. Like I totally forgot that I had a doctor's appointment last night on video and it was a late appointment because you know I have to work and then today was Jordis's doctor's appointment which I almost totally forgot about so I'm stri- you know streaming home down Mayfield Road and of course I get stuck behind all the jamokes that are going like 10 miles an hour <laughs> you know it, it, and, and this girl doesn't have any kind of road rage about her either shut up Lane oh, don't I'm say anything <laughs> I, I didn't say anything you're snitching on me you snitch <laughs> really? I didn't say anything. I just okay. said you don't have any road rage about it. And everybody you. knows that's a liar because if I flip out about parking, what do you think I'm going to do about driving? <laughs> mm. Well, why don't you tell us? I just did. Were you not paying attention? <laughs> I pay attention to everything. Maya. Uh, oh, you'd be surprised. Uh oh. In trouble then. <laughs> I know Rod pays attention. He's just quiet about it. Uh, yeah, the quiet ones. Yeah, are I, I heard. The quiet ones are the most dangerous. Mm-hmm. That's what they say. Like sometimes they're just sometimes just waiting for their spots. Like know? this podcast thing is just like like this charade for me just to open up my mouth because actually in real life, I'm I just sit back and watch. Yeah, I'm an observer, but I like to man. We need to start recording because I got some sips to say. Oh, no, he's already recording. He's gonna Hold on, I got to find my cat. Hold on. You got to be. <laughs> We're on cat patrol. Well, I scared him because I almost dropped my plate of food. Oh, where? Oh, those? just dangle some roast beef. The cat will come. Oh, he's no, he's hiding somewhere. Drago. The, the two fools on the other end of this conversation are the ones that aren't getting any roast beef. That's not my fault. You know where the grocery store is. <laughs> All I can say is see how she is. I see. I see. She's. Um... Oh, there he is. Okay, he's here. She's not right. <laughs> All right, look. All right, so let's get to this. What were you guys talking about before I came in? Oh, we have no idea. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, nothing. Yeah, we just, uh, yeah, we just really started the call with you. So, um, okay. Yeah, yeah it was so all it about of... it was all about roast beef. Oh, started with roast beef. A <laughs> um, little bit of beverage talk. A little bit of uh, part, you know, parking and driving, and um, yeah, because I mean that that's kind of it. 
Lord knows this is we're, this has nothing to do with football we're doing here. So let's you know let's continue not. on. We haven't touched football yet. Yeah, have we'll not touched to, uh, football. I'll fix it too. I'm just curious to see because she sounds like she's loaded for bear, so this ought to get real interesting real quick. All right, so here's the story about a man named Jed. This little redneck Ginzer. <laughs> let me tell you, and nothing against rednecks because I met some really good, nice rednecks. Okay, I'm trying to find this little punk. Actually, he's probably not a punk. He's just probably a very lonely person. So let me find him. Hold on. Go ahead. Talk amongst yourselves when I do this. All right. Hold on. Oh no! Is this just this anything is, random? I mean, this yeah. is no. This is not random. This, this is, is just... this is legit. Lane got into this last night with me. Oh, this guy. This guy, yeah. Rod, I'm surprised you didn't see me. I thought for sure I was going to be suspended by the time I woke up. Oh. Okay. I don't so know what I was doing last night, yeah. This, Whatever it was, the this, right thing. Okay. So <laughs> good choice. <clears throat> Benny Snellburner, and he is at S Z N. N-A-J-E-E. And he has a picture of number 18 of the Steelers versus Mr. Landry of the Browns. And supposedly number 18, and we all know who he is, is greater than Jarvis Landry. So, he said common knowledge, right? And of course, because he has the equation in the picture, I have to say something. Because I had nothing better to do last night. (laughs) I said... Must have been educated in mathematics in Pittsburgh. That's all I said. That's all I said. Hashtag runs. You know. That's all you had to say. And then he ra- said ratio and a like blank face and posted my picture. I'm trying to figure out how clever this guy thinks he is. Because then he posts a little meme of Ben Roethlisberger. It says Ben Roethlisberger has a 24-2-1 record against the Browns in his career. And Lane, <laughs> and Lane posts, how has that gone recently? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is going to get interesting. And then, of course, you know, some of the other followers, True Dog, of course, um, said, spotted them 28 points because that's what he said. He said, Browns fans, try not to mention the wild card came that we spotted them 28 points. Quote, unquote, spotted them 28 points. Are you freaking kidding me so of course me being me i had to tweet the picture of the actual score (laughs) and ben roethlisberger crying on the bench (laughs) because you know that's me okay now i said he said some other bs or whatever i'm not even gonna read it and i said um well that's a nice way of saying the team effed up and the game and the game royally I'm sorry, I make myself laugh. And it's just went downhill from there. It said, you guys are clowns first playoff win in forever, and y'all forget how to act. Honey, go talk to your QB and your coach, first of all. Second of all, come back with me when you have some new fucking material, okay? He says, I can't understand your POV, though. How could you not understand? We whooped your ass. That's the POV that you should have. And then he says, growing up a Steelers fan, I'm just accustomed to success and winning. Well, the same ass you kiss going up is the same ass you're going to have to kiss going down, brother. And guess what? We're there. Kiss our ass. (laughs) 
what do you guys got? And we're off to a rousing start tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you, you guys know I I talked if about this a while back. you tell me you're a Steelers back. fan, I'm going to have a heart attack. <laughs> what? I said, <laughs> if you tell me you're a Steelers fan, I'm going to have I'm a heart Steelers attack. I'm a Steelers fan? I'm oh going to kill God. you. <laughs> yeah, I'm a closet Steelers fan. Man. Browns podcast and, you know, and... and Building up some popularity on Browns. Twitter. Yeah, because that was your spy. I see it happening yeah, I'm now. Yeah, spy. I, I was getting ready to sit back here and watch you start throwing hands and shit at you. No, he wouldn't do that. No, guys. I, I said, um, you know, back when back uh, when I, I guess when things started to look decent for the Browns last season, when you know when the record looked pretty good, I'm like, this is going to be a thing where nationally people are going to be like oh it's kind of cool that the browns are are winning and stuff but it's not going to last long <laughs> because yes, I remember that. as soon as you have any level of success people really start to not liking not like you right you know now, especially people in your division so so yeah um we are not going to have national people rooting for for the browns this season um as of going into the season, we're just another successful team that people are going to root against. That's it. They're a target. I mean, yeah. they've, yeah. you know, what coming off 2020, you know, they established that they're a team that's a contender and a team to be reckoned with. So, you know, anymore, it's not the joke of the Cleveland Browns. It's now, you know, the Cleveland Browns are legit, so you got to take them serious. And, you know, you look at the Steelers and you go, you know, this guy can talk about his stats and talk about 224-1. The only problem is, when, when were the last two victories for the Browns? Yeah, you know, the last two games. Yeah. You know, it, it, it comes down to, is you know, in the NFL, you know, it's not it, it's not what you did for me yesterday. It's just what you did now. And, you know, un- unfortunately for those guys in Pennsylvania, you know, shit just didn't work out for them. Yeah. And, you know, this is what you're going to get. You're going to, you're looking at a team, it's, you know, it's going to begin their downward slide. And you're looking at a team in Cleveland that as long as the wheels don't fall off the wagon, it's, trajectory is going to keep going up you know so you know you're going to see these Steeler fans coming out of everywhere and it's gonna they're going to be talking more bs than you can imagine it and it's going to be interesting to see what browns fans especially somebody like rachel who's gonna you know head them off at the pass and you know probably sit there and neuter each one of them hey i'm not going to get suspended for these turds again okay <laughs> yeah and, and rachel you have you have a right to to say whatever you want to these guys but in in my view if if we are not going to get the support of people like hey cleveland's now the feel-good story they're you know they're yeah. winning again this is great if we're not going to get that anymore yeah. because we're a good team we sure don't have to pay attention to the people that are still stuck in the cleveland's a joke thing yeah the 1980s yeah that's not gone that's not gone and you're not going to get past it until you prove yourself. And 2020 was a point where the Browns took the steps to show who they are and who they can be. 2021 is the year that they have to solidify their spot and, you know, show the Pittsburghs and the Baltimores that, you know, it's no longer the laughing stock. It's, you know, it's the Cleveland Browns. And now, now you, you play the name that has all the tradition that won all those championships 
before many of our lifetimes that, you know, Steeler fans like to tell us about because they have all these rings and Super Bowls. But they tend to forget that before it was called the Super Bowl, before they gave it some shiny name, it was a championship game and the Browns won many of those. So 2021 is the year and it's... They won them since the very beginning that it was formed as a league of not even NFL league, but a football league. You know, so, you know, I don't get wrapped up in all that, all that BS because to me, the Super Bowl is a name and yeah, it's unfortunate that the Browns have figured out every which way they possibly could <laughs> to eliminate yeah. themselves from the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, and... You know, and an owner who just decides to jettison the city. So, you know, here we are. It's 2021. It's time to roll. Got a good football team. And I'm sure that we're going to have a lot of fun through January dealing with the fans of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. have got nothing better to do besides try to take pot shots at, you know, who arguably could be, you know, one of the one of the best three teams in the AFC. There was a tweet by uh, a guy named Bill Burr. I guess he's a comedian of some sort, or he thinks he's funny at least. Said uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs are the only team that uh, can make Cleveland Browns fans. Wait, no, let me repeat that. Cleveland Brown fans feel lucky. First of all, <laughs> I don't know where you learned your spelling or your grammar or your punctuation, but it's the Cleveland Browns, plural. Okay. Now. I said, <laughs> I said, <laughs> oh, no, keep going. I know there's You're more. Doing great. Okay. Doing I great. said, stay in your lane. We're talking about the fans here. And he was like, uh, he didn't say much. I got no response because first of all, if you don't know how to spell Cleveland Browns, of course you must be from Canada. No offense to my <laughs> Canadian friends. I'm sorry about that. I have friends or family that's from Canada. So I apologize now for that. <laughs> I'm still going to get right ass reamed. <laughs> But come on, I mean, you were talking about national attention, Rod. This yeah. is the kind of stuff that we're going to have to deal with. You know, we've got on on NFL, on ESPN, there was, uh, let's see, uh, what's his name? Marcus Spears. Okay, mm-hmm. he's a sports analyst for ESPN. And mm-hmm. he had some rave reviews for the Browns on paper. Of course, everything's on paper right now because we haven't played together as a team when we added all these weapons over the offseason. So you've got him talking and this one, you know, nice lady <clears throat> talking about the Browns saying, show me, show me. Well, you know what? I'm tired of hearing that. We are going to show you. Now, if we suck, then that's on us. But I really do not think that's going to happen because if you remember last season, every time that something happened the next game that issue and the following games after that never happened again so he will coach Stefanski will correct whatever problems or issues that we have on this team and I think that we are going to have a better record than the Steelers so all this national hate that we're supposedly getting You know, and I can't wait for the Baker Mayfield talk again. Of course, it's already happening, especially with the OTAs, the voluntary OTAs, mind (laughs) you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you're hearing about that, too. It's voluntary. But anyway, 
it goes back to the fact that the national attention is going to be negative on us. But you know what? This town feeds on the negative. That team feeds on the negative. That's food for our soul. So if they think we ain't coming for the NFL, they got another thing that they start to need to look behind their backs for because we're coming. Their biggest obstacle is going to be that they have to, they're going to have so many new pieces, parts, especially on yeah. defense, with probably nine new starters, that it's going to take time for this this whole thing to come together. And you know, there's going to there's going to be some rough waters, but there's a lot of talent. And you know, this is a team that has the potential to make a lot of noise if you know if the wheels don't come off the wagon. You got to hope for good health. Um, yeah. You have to. You have no to more basketball the, games for Miles Garrett. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you you have to play the game. And, you know, they come out of the gate against the Chiefs, which, you know, is ultimately maybe one of the two toughest challenges Absolutely. that they could have coming out of it. But, it, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, if you're going to you get out there and, and you play the game and you, you just do what you got to do. And th- this is an organization that is very, they, it's a togetherness thing. And people gloss over the OTAs and, you know, they make light of it and they say it's voluntary this and voluntary that. The only problem is, is that the situation that's happened in Cleveland with the OTAs is that you had players that wanted to come in. It didn't matter if it was voluntary or not. And, you know, the the one thing you don't want to do, especially to a player, a hungry player, is not let them really have a choice that Mm -hmm. you know if they want to go if they want to go in and work they go in and work and you don't want obstacles or a perception of anything getting in that way and it was good to see that they had you know 55 guys there 50 that were participating you know which is better than what the expectation was originally um when you get into the mandatory it's going to be interesting to get everybody in there i mean they're not going to be doing a lot of work i mean the otas are what it is camaraderie it's getting guys in it's checking them out everybody being together it's 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 a personal thing it's something that works on your head it you you do book work you see the film it's all those kind of things it's not a physical thing and well People want to overlook it and say, well, you know, they're not practicing and it's it's the beginning of June and this don't matter. It, no, it all matters. It's yeah. just it's it's all a building block to where you want to get in January. I think that um, now my personal opinion, yes, yes, it's voluntary. So I'm not going to bitch about the guys that don't show up. Right. Because even coach says it's voluntary. We'll get them when it's mandatory. It's not a problem. Move on. But, you but. know. But, but he's not going to say anything other. No, no. Even though, even though it's probably tearing a hole in his ass. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's well, still. You saw, he's not going to say anything. Yeah. Otherwise. Well, you saw what Cameron Justice tweeted out, right? Where he's, you know, what she said about Coach Stefanski saying that they'll just get him when it's mandatory. It's not, you know. But in my brain was, as a fan, I would love to see this team gel sooner. Rather than later, especially with Clowney on here now, you know, and I'm blanking, but the rest of the guys that we acquired, you know, it's like this team needs to start being a whole and a working unit and a robot because we're not if we have the bits and pieces like we did two seasons ago, it's not going to click like it did, you know, during the season last year. Because let's admit it, the first half of the season wasn't so spectacular. 
you know, and I don't want to see that happen again yeah. because then you're going to get the shit talking on Twitter or Facebook or wherever on Instagram, mm. you know, even on the news, you know, and radio shows and everything saying, oh, look, see, we told you, blah, blah, blah. I already hear it coming, especially if we lose to, you know, uh, what, the Chiefs in the first game of the year? Right. If we lose, yeah. uh, which honestly, and I'll be, I'll throw this out there, I think we will, okay? I think we're going to lose, but it's going to be a stepping stone and a learning curve for us to know where we need to improve and where our weaknesses are so we could shore up those weaknesses and then move forward and beat the next person's ass. Well, it worked out good yeah. because after after the Kansas City game, you know, they have two or three games that are very winnable, Yes, right? which, you know, is going to help them because, you know, it's a defense that's going to have to come together. I mean, offensively. You know, you got most of your pieces parts back. You're going to have OBJ back. You know, he's going to add that the speed element and the threat element. You're going to have Schwartz out there who's going to add the speed element. But, you know, the whole thing is going to come down to is you're going to have your ups and downs. And, you know, defensively is where, you know, my immediate concern is going to be until we actually see these guys on the field. You know, the best thing about it is, is that, you know, what they did do is they brought in some veterans of, you know, just high quality guys like John Johnson the third and Troy Hill. You know, yeah, yeah. And, and in the middle linebacker, you know, you got those those elements that have been there, done that, played at a high level. So, you know, your anticipation is, is that they're going to pick these things up quicker. So, you know, in, in my book, you've you got to get past the first week. Whatever's going to happen in week one is going to happen in week one. They already proved they could play with the Chiefs. You know, yeah. if you're going to do it, just let's, let's do it. You got 17 games. And you're going to have good and you're going to have bad and you got a lot of work to do. And there's a lot of time from the beginning of June where we're sitting now to when we get almost until the, the middle of September. So anything can happen. There's a lot of work to do and it's just what's going to happen. Yeah. And I, I just think about what the Browns did right last season. And one of the main things for me was their ability to to focus week to week, you know, one game at a time. They kept you know, some coaches say that, but it's very apparent that that's not what's actually happening. Uh, that really seemed to happen with the Browns. So they, they have to get, you know, the new guys uh, to, and I, I don't think it's a chore with a lot of these veteran guys, but, you know, you got the rookies who are going to make the team and, and, you know, and some of the, some of the other guys that they have to get everybody on the same page, uh, you know, and everybody look, thinking and looking that way. And man, if they can carry that over, to where you know, if they do go into Casey and lose, you know what? Then they're looking at they're looking at Houston. Okay, mm-hmm. I mean, it's one game. Yeah. And and honest, honestly, I look at that uh, that KC game. It, it's it's on the road <laughs> against you know against a team that went to the Super Bowl. You're not supposed to win that game. So. I don't see that as a big pressure game for the Browns. They need to go in and just play. Play their game, um, God. If they if they steal a win there, it's huge. If not, it's just the first game of the season. Right. I saw a. Uh, I don't even know where I saw it from, but somebody posted about AFC North standings for 2021, and I wrote it down because I'll forget if I don't write stuff down. So here's <laughs> what they said: what the standings would be. Right, that shit. Uh, this goes a lot. I, I had to, man, because <laughs> I, I'm, I'm old school. All who, right, who, so, who posted this, Rachel? Uh, it, I don't even know if I have it spelled right, to be honest with you. It's at M I N K A H 
P D P O Y, I think. I don't even know. It was just a random tweeter, you know. Somebody who was defensive follow. player of the year, apparently. Oh, well, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> this is what they said. AFC North standings for 2021. The Bengals, 13 and 4. Steelers, 12 and 5. Ravens, I almost called them Karens because that's what I thought I put down. Uh, 6 and 11. And the Browns, 3 and 14. What the hell kind of shit is that? This was, was that posted quite a while back? I don't even remember. This was, I think I, I remember I just seeing ran across that it yesterday. And, and a lot of Browns fans were saying that they had, that he just had the wins and losses reversed. Ah, okay. <laughs> that, yeah, that would make more sense to me. Because I, I, I hate you guys. I think you guys know that I hate predicting what their record would be because the last time I did that, that was Kitchen's era. So I said I would never do that again. And it's like, I just think that they're going to have a really, really good season. And I'm not going to fall into this trap of, you know, oh, give a prediction. How many wins? How many losses? No. I'm going to go with what the players are going and what Coach Stefanski is preaching. One game at a time, like you were saying, Lane. You know, it's like we have to, as fans, get into that mentality. Because if... Steelers fans, they always look at the bigger picture. Patriots fans, they always look at the bigger picture. Oh, we're going to the Super Bowl. You know, we're going to the playoffs. We're doing this. We're doing that. Well, you know what? We're taking our shit one game at a time. And we're going to show you what we're made of and what we have in our closet. You know, because we're not showing all our weapons. Coach is sneaky. He's playing chess, not checkers. That's true. That's true. But you know we're going to still give predictions out as to what we think they're going to go at some point before the season starts yeah i'm i can't do that though i i because i'm superstitious and i'm afraid that i would actually just like totally bomb them or jinx them or something (laughs) you think you out of the whatever million or millions of browns fans that are out there have the power to jinx this season i i didn't say that i just said i'm superstitious (laughs) That's what I thought I heard. I did not say that. (laughs) Look, okay. I said I don't like giving predictions because I don't want to be part of that bad energy. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, no, I'm going to do the expectations that coach has for his team, which is one game at a time. So I'm sticking with that mantra but I sure as hell hope we go to the Super Bowl. There's no that, difference in that. That bad juju. Look, don't even talk about that name. Okay. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, that name is banned on this on this uh, on this show. <laughs> it's, oh, he could go back to TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think this team, if they if they just approach things like they did last season, there's no reason why they won't be successful. And you just really have to see how how the rest of the division is playing and how the teams play against each other, because you really don't know what kind of record it's going to take to win the division until the season gets going. Yeah, you know, and, and how things work out. Sometimes the teams beat up on each other. Sometimes. 
uh, you know, sometimes one of one of the teams ends up kind of sweeping the sweeping the the north. So um, just kind of depends how things work out. So um, well, you, you can always look at it and say, well, you don't expect the Cincinnati Bengals to win a division, and the Cleveland Browns haven't won a division since the Ice Age. So <laughs> you got to deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the the Baltimore Ratbirds. So what you know? Look, I don't have to deal with shit. What are you going to do? Oh, no, you got to deal with them because oh. this, this season's 17 games long. I know. It's going to be 17. forever. It's going to be in your face every Sunday. Sometimes <sighs> Monday, maybe a Thursday, you know. But, you know, the reality is, is that you got 17 games and your Cleveland Browns are going to attempt to win a division that they haven't won a division since Jesus, was it the Bernie Kosar era? It was Bernie. That's been for yeah. I think it was what eighty six, something like that. I mean, no? it's just I could it's... be wrong. I think I'm wrong. No, it, it was. I think it was later than that, but <laughs> no. And th- this is sad, guys. But I think I, I have the T-shirt and I have the I have the T-shirt up in my drawer because I just been keeping it. It's old and kind of nasty, but it's it's an AFC right. Central Division champions. I think it's like. I want to I want to say it's like uh, yeah it's it's eighty seven eighty eight something like that maybe. Hey Google. <laughs> yeah, I'll have, hey, I'll Google, have to. Hey Google, that was the last time the Cleveland Browns won a division. What year? I'm asking Google. Oh, you're asking Google. Okay. I, I don't want to know about the Chiefs game, Siri. You idiot. <laughs> okay, hold on. Hold on. Keep talking because I'm going to find this because now it's going to bug me. I thought it was 1986. When was the last time? I think it's 87 or 88. Okay, so I went to Mayfield for math. Okay, leave me alone. Good Lord, for as long as it's taken Google to figure this out, I could have just called the guy and asked the ones the last time. Well, why don't you? (laughs) (laughs) Here, I'll text him. (laughs) So... Oh wait, I don't have his number. Never mind. Lane, call uh, him. So I don't. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, Lane, what, what's how, how do you? Central, right? Right? No. Yeah. Am I right? Yep. Division championships, 1989, 1987, okay. 1986, 1995, 1990, and 1971. Yeah, I think the shirt I have is 87 or 89. Yeah. Playoff appearances, a shit ton. That's a legit measure. Pretty bad. That's exactly what it was—a shit ton. Perennial playoff team. Hey, Lane, what's your what's your stance on uh, on uh, like NFL records and stuff like this? And do do you really? give a crap or what do you think about adding the 17th game in respect to how people look at the stats for individual players and stuff like that well it's gonna or, it's gonna skew them the same thing as one of 12 game season or a 14 game season 16 game season now a 17 game season it's just gonna it's just gonna skew the record books and you know you're gonna have individual players that are just gonna accumulate you know better numbers without really taking into account potentially how those numbers were achieved. I mean, you, you look yeah. at running backs in this era, and then you look at a running back, say Jim Brown in his era, I mean, entirely different game. He played much, you know, less games, everything yeah. else. Everybody wants to talk about every other running back known to man as the greatest running back there ever lived. But 
I don't know. I look at a guy like Jim Brown, and I have a hard time seeing anybody that I think was ever any better than Jim Brown. No, I, I don't know, Nick Chubb. Hundred <laughs> percent. Who are you? Who are you taking, Rachel? Oh, I, I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> what? What was the question? <laughs> no, I, I, Jim Brown's always going to be the greatest in my book. I mean, um, you know, there. And then the debate starts at number two. Oh, <laughs> wait. So we're talking about favorite player of all time? Uh, favorite running back. Running back. Oh. Who do you think the best running back is? And Oh, that you know, yeah, Jim Brown, hands down. So Jim Brown's number one. And then yeah. the question is who's number two? And uh, Everybody else. You know, and you, and you look at Jim Brown and you look at, you know, Jim Brown, the running back. You know, the if you know the history of the game and and – studied that era you know the guy that you put with jim brown on the defensive side of the ball who was his nemesis does anybody know that answer jim Uh, brown's nemesis yes who did he play for oh come on come on google Uh, i'm not googling his shit i'm trying to remember it and i can't my brain's stuck um first name is sam I have no idea. Sam Huff. Sam Huff. Huff. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. my god. Okay, yeah. look, I wasn't born yet. Yeah, I know. That's still, not an excuse. Uh, yeah, this is Brown's still, history we're talking about. Okay, yeah, look. Uh, she's still twenty nine, so you know. I am it not twenty nine. <laughs> I am forty five years old. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they're coming up to the seventy fifth anniversary, so I have. They're only thirty years of. I think 30 years, right? No, I'm 45 years of fandom under my belt. And I only remember probably three quarters of that. Okay. And I can barely remember that. So it's even less. So if it's the 75th anniversary and you're 45, what are you telling us? I'm older than shit. (laughs) (laughs) Your answer is saying that 30 years difference may have been better than saying you were older than shit. (laughs) I don't even know. Yeah. But, okay, so I'm trying to find, never mind, I'm just talking to myself at this point. I don't even know. I don't remember what you were looking up now. I said, well, I said, you said the second player, you know, favorite player of all time. And actually, wasn't Jim Brown a fullback and not a running back? Well, you could categorize on that, but Jim Aren't they Brown, the same? Jim, Jim Brown was actually everything that there was. He was a Maybe, fullback. I mean, he would it, just be, he would be called a running back nowadays. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And, okay. You know, right. and the amazing the amazing thing about Cleveland Browns football history is the tradition of running backs that have you know taken the field for the Cleveland Browns. I mean, you can look at Jim Brown. I mean, you can look at Leroy Kelly. You can look at Bobby Mitchell. You know, it's it's just an endless train of running backs that have worn this uniform that have um, gained notoriety or were notorious for tough physical runners. Wait, wait, wait. Kevin Mack was a running back. Yes, Kevin, Kevin Mack. Mack was. I yeah, love and, him. Now, I'm trying to think of who else. Where did Kevin Mack come oh, from? Oh, oh, Ernest Biner. Ernest Biner? Yeah. Come on, he was great. Yes. Do you know who, who the first great Browns running back was? Um, um, I'm asking me. Rachel. I, wait, I didn't plan the first grade. I'll uh, say the first 
Hall of Fame Browns running back before Jim Brown. Eric Metcalf. Oh, wait, he's not in the Hall of Fame yet. Um, well, Lane knows who I'm talking about. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, no I, I know who it is. His initials are M.M. Yep. Marion Motley. Marion Motley. Mary Motley, I can't remember. I, I can't remember how tall he was, but he, um, he played. When did he? He started playing around. They, did he start in the forties or around fifty? I can't remember exactly when he started, but he, he played. Uh, he played at like two, two thirty-five, and he yeah, played think, linebacker also because they, they played both ways back then. Yeah, I think Marion Motley. Uh, uh, off the top of my head, it's uh, probably 46, 47, somewhere right in that area. Right when they started, yeah. Okay, yeah, so right I now. Googled him. He was six foot one and did about 230. He weighed in about 230. So he was probably quick because I don't, was, I remember the name. I just don't remember seeing anything with him being, you know, played on video or anything. It was a, a, a big physical man for that, for that yeah. era. Um, you know, the interesting stat is, is Marion Motley, I believe. He played for the Steelers. Uh, I yeah, know that. Yeah, yeah, thanks for that. One year. Um, that doesn't count. He had a, <laughs> just an, an unbelievable, you know, career average per carry. I mean, it was... You know, it was over five and a half yards of carry. I mean, five, six, maybe five, seven, somewhere in that area. He's a beast. I mean, he was just, it was just amazing. I mean, and you look, you look at the players of that era and you just, you watch how football has evolved from, from what it is then to what it is today. And it's, it's, uh, I mean, it's really, it's really crazy just to think about the guys that have, you know, wore this uniform because, I don't think that you could really say that there's any team that can say that they actually had the same that same stack up of running backs over their history. I mean, I think you'd be hard pressed to to find that. You know, and it was interesting with Marion Motley is that you know who the quarterback of that team was. I don't. I can tell you that. Otto Graham. <gasps> I should have known that. Oh, I feel so ashamed. Oh, my God. And his average oh. for his career was 5.7. Okay. I, I, yeah. You're right okay. on, right on I, I do that history thing. I mean, you look, at, you look at a guy like Otto Graham, and, you know, this is where we get into all this talk about, <clears throat> you know, different leagues, different style of play, Super Bowls, rings, championships. You know, the interesting stat with autogram if anybody cares to know what it is is how many division or league championships did he win in 10 years all of them i don't know exactly uh, he did. yeah it was all of them <laughs> right yeah um and you know that's that's that long ago history of football that you know people don't really think about and consider because it didn't happen yesterday well, my grandfather that, used to talk about autograd because that was the you know his first guy you know with the team in 46 right. so it's it's 
like I grew up with stories, but I never got to see the man play. It's like I never got to see Jim Brown play except for, you know, the stuff that is on, you know, the Cleveland Browns website, you know, about the history, especially with the tweets that they're tweeting out with the 75 years of history stuff. Right. You know, so it's it's really interesting to go on YouTube and find all these old videos, you know, not of Otto Graham necessarily, but like of Jim Brown and, you know, that era and just hope to maybe get a glance of what it used to be like back in the day when football was football and we didn't have divas on a team and nobody was worried about stats or, you know, whatever the case may be. And they were just there to play some grit ball, you know, and get a championship and win, period. You know, it, it's yeah. the, inf- you know, it's just like anything else, you know, it, it evolves. I mean, it, it, it turns in the money and it turns yeah. in everything else. And that, you know, it just changes, it changes the game. I mean, you're talking about guys who, who played this game in the forties, fifties, who, you know, they played football for part of the year and they had another job. Do you, you know, know that he, that autogram had almost 14 or what? 13,000. And like 600 passing yards, I think it was, I read in my book. Um, that's insane, first of all. For especially it, it for, that yeah. like for that yeah, era. Like for that era, that is insane. Like how many, he would be have to play like probably one or two more seasons and he'd be at 15,000 yards. That Think about that for a second. That's staggering numbers for back then. Oh, sure it is. And, you know, people don't. A lot of people, they they haven't been in the game and are too young to understand what the history is or, you know, what the magnitude of what the Cleveland Browns were. When you talk about tradition, you can arguably say that there's no team that has a greater historical value than the Cleveland Browns until, you know, all the wheels fell off the wagon and basically have been garbage for the best part of the 2000s um you know i think we're at a point where we're gonna see we're gonna see change i think you have a quarterback i think you have a coach i think you have a a general manager and they're they're assembling talent and you know there's there's no better way for the cleveland browns to come back to life than you know their 75th anniversary season so it's it's I mean, it's an exciting time, especially for people who've never experienced it. You're, it's, I mean, you're sitting right there. It's, it's now. I mean, this, the reality sitting here. This is like, this is like sitting here if you're a basketball fan and you you enjoyed the Cavaliers in 2016 when they yeah. won the NBA championship. You know, you have an opportunity that this team could be in that same that mode to give you that opportunity. And this this freaking city will explode, man. We're going to lose our minds. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It's not even going to be close. You know, it's it's going to be one of those deals to where, you know, yeah, I talk all this crap about, you know, to the Steelers and their fans and stuff. But in the end, it's just it's a game and it belong. It's part of us, you know, for those of us who grew up with this and was raising this, you know, for 30 plus years. You know, this is our team. And if we be especially. And I'd hate to bring it up, you know, with the Browns losing to Denver in every single playoff game for a hundred years, it seemed like every single year, you know, and it's like we deserve the final, you know, the big show. We deserve 
that ring. We deserve that trophy being in this city because if they thought 1.3 million people for the Cavs was a lot, this ne- this country hasn't seen anything yet. <laughs> 1.3 million will look like St. Louis, Missouri on a Saturday night. Okay. It ain't going to be nothing compared to anything else. You could have your parades in, you know, in Boston for your Patriots, you know, you could keep them over there, but we're going to. They only get like it. 10 people now. Oh, yeah, <laughs> because they suck. Comes down to is you got to play the game. That's it, and bottom line. You can, yeah. you can have the most talented team that you can assemble on paper, but if it doesn't come together between the white lines, nothing, it doesn't matter. Um, so, you know, that's where you're sitting at today. It's the beginning of June. There's a lot of work to do. Um, Hopefully we're sitting here at the, the end of January talking about what kind of craziness we're going to be doing in February when, you know, the, the Cleveland Browns take a flight out west. Um, so it's, yeah, I mean, see, I'm an older guy. So to me, it's, you know, you, you wait for this forever. And if you, if you do this job, you, you do it forever and, and you see all the, just the, terrible football and the bad breaks and the dysfunction especially after living through an era with bernie and reggie and kevin mack yeah. and ernest biner webster slaughter brian brennan ozzy newsome you know you you live through that and then you, then you get here you are the Sitting team comes there. back team <laughs> comes back in 99 and it's just it's been just like one 20 years one, one train, one yeah. train wreck after another. Yeah. And yeah. and you just put your, you know, you, you just want to put your hands on your head and just say, you know, what in the hell did Cleveland do to deserve this? For 20 years, it was a snafu, yeah. which is situation normal, all fucked up. Yeah. And see, you that's, know. <laughs> see, that's, that's why when, when Steeler fans talk all their crap, Raven fans talk all their crap, you know. You can you can go back and forth with them, but the only problem oh, yeah. is the only problem is as much as I hate to say it, they're they right. Ain't got everything to talk about. Oh yeah, no doubt. Oh, yeah. And, and you yeah. can't doubt. You know, as much as I hate to say it, you know, yeah, I think Ben Roethlisberger is a piece of crap. I don't like him. I never will. I don't like the Steelers. I never will. But bottom line is, this is football, and in the end, if we win. That's fantastic. If we don't, okay, we'll get them again next year, which is Cleveland's motto, always has been. <laughs> but I would love, I would love just to let these kids, you know, and I mean kids, anyone younger than me, you know, 29. grow up to see not only, you know, yeah, the Cavs was great, LeBron was great, you know, and the championship means a lot to the city, you know, because we've never felt anything like that before, you know. But if bottom line, Cleveland is a football city. I don't care what anybody says. They could say it's a baseball city. No, it's not. It really is not. It is a through and through Cleveland Browns football city. And if we win, this town and all the suburbs lying around it are going to lose their freaking minds. Yeah, I mean, I don't. You know, I believe if you get right down to it and you, you talk about the Cavaliers or the Indians or the Browns, yeah, you know, winning winning a championship, 
I, I believe that the Browns will, you know, take precedence. I think it would just be the, the craziest scenario, you know, not just because it's a football town. It's, you know, in the history of what the Cleveland Browns have meant, because the Cleveland Indians have a long history, too. I just Absolutely. think I just yeah. think it's it's just the change, the perception that people are just turned off to the Indians because they don't feel that they have an ownership group that takes that next step. I, I think that there's more belief in the bronze one because it's just football. Yeah. Fo- mm-hmm. Football is the popular game. Um, football has grasped the youth again to become fans because this team found a way to win. If, you know, if this team doesn't go 11 and five last year, you don't see yeah. the youth out there. Wearing Browns attire. You didn't see that for a long time. There's no way my kids yeah. would have. There's right. no way. My oldest, he was like, why? Why should I wear that shirt? You know, they're losing. Just because you're a Browns fan mom doesn't mean I have to be. But look, you know, the last two years, even during Freddie Kitchens, he was getting hyped up. You know, and then last year with Coach and his crew and the team, he was like, oh, hell yeah. This is what winning feels like. I said, we may not have gone to the show, but you're damn right. This is what f- winning feels like. And this is what needs to continue because we want to get used to this feeling b- so we can be the ones that are bragging about our record and our rings, you know. And I thought it was very yeah. fortuitous when um, I think it was, uh, what's his name? I can't even remember his freaking name now. Patriots quarterback, Brady, mm-hmm. you know, handed those rings over to uh, Baker. I really think that was a sign. I don't care what anybody says about it. I'm superstitious, but he handed all his rings over to Baker. Now, come on to a rookie quarterback in a commercial with the NFL. How often does that happen? You know, yeah. think about it. I mean, maybe that's just me, the wishful thinking Browns fan in me or whatever. But I really think that Baker, if he looks as good as he does right now, on the field because that man gained, I think 20 pounds of muscle or something over the off season. He is going to be oh so dangerous. And I'm going to be there for every loving second of it. Well, it, it comes down to is that it's, it's what you believe in. You know, you're a Cleveland Browns fan and you want to believe you Absolutely. need, you need a yeah. reason to believe you, you live the underdog role. You thrive on it. You, you've seen yeah. what they did a season ago. It makes you want more. It makes you hungry. It makes a city hungry. I mean, look what they did with the draft. It was it, it was an extravaganza. I mean, it was Cleveland, the spotlight. You know, seeing seeing the Browns on nationally televised games. You know, you get the sense it it, it makes you it makes you proud that you're in Cleveland, and right. you, you want to see the job get done. Just for once, you don't want the heartbreak of being left at the altar. And here we go again. A good team with a lot of strong teams in the AFC that they're going to have to fight through. And it's it's comparable when you look back and you talk about the era when the Browns were good and Buffalo was good and Denver was good. You know, here we are again. Buffalo is good, but yeah. instead, of De- instead of Denver, it's now the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, 
Yeah. You know, and, and and you're and you're battling the Baltimore Ravens, which yeah. were the Cleveland Browns. Right. Okay. They freaking escaped to Baltimore. That's no, who, they didn't escape. They ran like little freaking cowards, like Art Odell was. Okay, get yeah. it right. Were. And then, oh, and, yeah. then, and then you rejoice and you put your arms around the owner who helped him get the hell out of town. Rest in peace, <laughs> L. Erner. But still, yeah, that's what the situation is. You are yeah, the you Cleveland get... Browns. They are the Baltimore Ravens. And you know something? That's personal. That is personal. So that that goes way deeper than probably any cut that any Steeler you know, game or championship could ever do to us. The Baltimore Ravens is more personal than anything else. What did you feel when Art Modell hoisted that trophy with a Super Bowl? What did you feel? What was I I remember my mom and my grandfather. Now, my grandfather was a very quiet man until it came to football. Okay. Which hence where I get my issues from. So when he saw that, he stood up and said, M Effer, get the <laughs> hell out of here with that bullshit. And then he, yeah. he stood there and flipped off the TV. And I had never ever seen my grandfather, this wellest, you know, stoop man, you know, six foot four, you know, larger than life man get angry like that. I remember being upset and crying when I saw those trucks, you know, those semis being driven across the freeway on the news and the helicopters were following them, you know, and I was, and all I remember thinking was what a fucking coward. He is a coward. He's a traitor. He's a piece of crap. And yes, the city may have quote unquote done him wrong, but dude, you don't leave in the middle of a night with a team that is as beloved as the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, you it comes know? down to a bad businessman. Absolutely. Who yeah. was dealing with a shady situation yes. with the city of Cleveland and the county. Absolutely. Um that created this mess where everybody tried to you know, pull their hands back and say, we didn't do anything, you know, it ain't over all this other, all this other BS. Um, you know, but that's who makes who you are. This yes. is what leads you to where you are today. This is where it leads you to saying, you know, some, they signed all these free agents. They got a Jadavian Klein. They got a Malik Jackson. You know, they got a John Johnson, the third, they got a Troy Hill. They hired, they, they drafted Greg Newsom. You know, they got JOK. You got Baker Mayfield. You got Nick Chubb. You got Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. You know, and the list goes on. This is your time. Right. Take it in. Understand what this is. You know, understand the team that you have. You know, understand what these guys are going to contribute to where you need to go. You know, you look back at 2020 and you say, this defense sucked. We had problems in the secondary. We had problems at safety. You Look have who a, showed up at OTAs though. Yeah. yeah. Look you who showed ha- up. You have a general manager who put the pieces together and arguably the best pass rushing defensive end in the National Football League 
is taking the reins and being a leader. And he was in there in voluntary camp with a lot of other guys that want this. It's not just it's not just for them. Okay. They understand the significance for the fans. They understand yep. they understand being the guys who get this done. There's there's more to it than just a football game. There's a lot of personal aspects within that locker room, within these guys who feel it. They feel the fans. They go out and they feel the energy from the fans. They they engage with them. It's it's more than football right now in Cleveland. I think it, it's right. it's more personal, and you can feel it from the players. You know, they don't want to talk, you know, too much on camera. They want to work. They've been working hard the off season. They've been getting, you know, whatever they thought they did wrong last season right in their own minds so that they can move forward, you know, as a team, as a player, you know, and as an athlete. Because we got to remember, these are individual guys that do this for a living. They get to play football for the Cleveland Browns for a living. And before, that wasn't a cool thing. This is where they used to stop off and, you know, get arrested for whatever and then move on to the Patriots and then win the Super Bowl. You know, but now it's like it's cool to be on the Cleveland Browns. They want it just as bad as these fans have wanted it for 30 years. You know, they want that ring now. They don't want it just for themselves, though. Think about this for a second. Just think about this. They want it for the city. They want it for the fans. And they want it as a team, not individuals. They want it as a team. Yeah, guys, this, uh, the Cavs championship righted some things for the city. Okay. It it took the curse that we all felt off the city of Cleveland, but it didn't finish things for us. Okay. I think at that point in time, we wanted a World Series, we wanted anything we could get. To, to wipe out the World Series losses, the, uh, you know, the AFC Championship game losses, you know, all those stupid games with the one-word names uh, that we want to forget about. <laughs> that game did that. Now, the Browns have the chance to, to write more things, and this goes to... The stuff you're talking about with Art Modell, it goes to the fact that there have been 55 Super Bowls that the Browns have not played in. It it goes to the fact that that the Browns have this tremendous history that people don't want to give them credit for because it's not in the quote-unquote NFL. Yep. Four championships when they started. I'm just putting it out. It's four of them. All when the Browns do this, and you know, you know whether it's this year or not, I believe I believe this team's going to get there. Um, you know, I, I believe under this under this ownership management coach, I believe they have a great shot at getting to Super Bowl and hopefully winning one over the next several years. You know, absolutely. Um, maybe it's a dumb thing to say, but man, I really feel like they're going to be able to do this at some point. There's going to be that time where where the fans gather and there's more than way more people than there were for the Cavs championship. Okay, 
and and it's going to be huge and people are going to go crazy but you know what it's going to mean a lot more to us than that because it's going to it's just going to change things for us yeah um even more than the Cavs championship did because go ahead you're gonna sit there and you're gonna look and you know regardless how old you are you're gonna think you know that you know the Cleveland Browns they did it you know you're gonna you're gonna think about you know your dad or your parents and you're going to think you wish they were here to see them. They did it. You're going to think about your grandparents. You're going to go, you know, they did it. And I've done this a long time. Okay. And I've sat and endured the highs and lows. I have never in all my time have felt this positive about their direction as I do today. And it's not, not hype. No. It's it, not hype. That's not no, the word for it. it. It's the positive yeah. energy that's coming yeah. from the team and the coaches and the see, you, you know you, you know me. I don't do hype. No, I don't not at I don't, all. I don't right. do that. I don't see I don't do that. I'm I'm very realistic about things. Yeah. I have never I have not felt this good about this organization and this team since the 80s since yeah. since my my guy bernie's time yeah that's what i feel about this team this that's this what i special. see when i look at these guys i mean have, have if you look look at these guys these are like i don't want to say mirror images of the of the team that we grew up with you know the bernie for me you know it's mostly the bernie kosar days you know right. it's it's like watching I can't like a mirror, you know, I mean, it's more technical now, you know, that it was then, but it's like Baker has that weird sidearm type gun. It's Bernie has that weird sidearm type gun. It's, it's special. You have something, you have something today to compare to yesteryear. Yes. When the, when the Browns were somebody. This appears to be a complete team. Right. Yes. And that's the difference. We haven't had this. Right. And see, see, there's going to be there's going to be people that are going to listen to this podcast and they're not they're not going to care for what how we're doing this today. No, they're not. OK, because we're not sitting there talking about, you know, what gap Andrew Billings is going to fill <laughs> or or what JOK is going to do, what his role is going to be in third and seven, what the you know, what the situational package is going to be. But, you know, something. Today isn't about that. Yes. Today's talking about what the Cleveland Browns are, what what your fandom is, what you feel as a fan. Yeah. Not what you, the rah-rah circus yeah. BS that you hear everywhere, or you can sit there and get on social media and read all this crap. Okay. Tonight, it's about it's about Cleveland. It's about where this team's going. It's what everything everything it's you have endured yeah or rods endured or yeah. or joe on the corners endured waiting to win because at the end of the day you just want to win and you haven't had it and you got that opportunity you know you can look at the indians and how close they came you look at the cavaliers how close they came until they finally did it you look at the browns and just just how things just 
didn't work in the Bernie years or Red Right 88 with Brian Sype. Mm. Okay, you have to look back to 1964. Yeah. Okay. This yeah. is 20 this is 2021. Okay. We we have grandparents and parents and brothers and sisters that are that aren't with us anymore. Yeah. Okay? And we're still here. We're still here to see it happen. It's got to happen. Because I don't think anybody is going to be truly happy that's a real Cleveland Browns lifer until it happens. For me, um, and I'll throw the question to you in a second, Rod. For me, this fandom, and I can't, it's hard to put it into words. You know, everybody's heard me talk about Grandpa, you know, Ed, and how he used to sit me in front of the TV with him and teach me, you know, the different plays, the different positions, the different players, you know, that's where I fell in love with Bernie Kosar, you know, Kevin Mack, Ernest Biner, Ozzy Newsome, you know, Eric Metcalf, all those guys. You know, I those are <sighs> sorry. <laughs> those are the guys that I grew up idolizing because they were my escape. You know, for the last 10 years, it's been really rough here in my own personal life. And the my escape again was the Cleveland Browns. You know, no matter where I was, what city I was in, I was always rooting for the Cleveland Browns because that was the only team I knew that it's it's not a joke when I say it's in my veins. It literally is the only fandom that I know. You know, yeah, I say that if the Browns weren't a team or if they weren't in Cleveland and they didn't come back, you know, I probably root for Buffalo. You know. I'm not so sure I'd be as hype of a fan as most of those Buffalo fans are, which is fantastic. I love that. They're our cousins, you know, mm-hmm. but to me, I wouldn't have rooted for anybody. I would have just been like, okay, the NFL has gone for me. You know, that's another thing that's died in my life, you know, besides my grandfather and my aunt who took me to my first game, you know, and I sat in the dog pound, you know, it's, it's, it goes, it, it's hard to explain, and I wish I could tell people in words correctly how it feels, but I think you get it. If you have been with this fandom long enough, you get what this season coming up means. It's different. I'm telling you guys, whoever's listening to this podcast tonight, this season is going to be different. This isn't hype. This isn't strategy talking about it this isn't spitting off stats you know even though i was trying to find some earlier this is this is rachel talking to the fans of the cleveland browns you have to understand what this team is going to do this season i honestly and truly believe we're going to have a magical magical season and i am going to be able to go to my grandfather's grave and tell him all about it. You know, this it's that it's that raw emotion. It's 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 the hurt. It's yeah. it's all those feelings that, that come out. You know, and that's why doing this show like we're doing it t- tonight, you know it's it's a good way to head into the summer. Yeah. And yeah. with with your expectations, because, you yeah. know, as we go on, you know, we're going to have a lot less of this. A lot more of. What's going on 
on the practice field or the moves or the expectation. You know, tonight is different. You know, tonight, tonight, for everybody listening, you know, this was, this was our way of saying what we wanted to say to you, to what we think the Browns are. Okay. You may not like this show and that's your choice. This one was for us, This, you know, and hopefully it spoke to the fans, you know, because, you know, Rod, I, I want you to say, you know, how, what this, this season coming up feels like to you, because, you know, Lane and I have talked about it, you know, on and off Mike, you know, but what does it mean to you? Because I mean, you obviously know how I feel. I'm an emotional wreck right now. For me, (laughs) I'm just going to talk about what being a Browns fan is and being a Browns fan and, and, you know, and, and it is, and being a Browns fan for a long, long ass time, um, you know, I've been a Browns fan for 40, 40 plus since birth. years. Since birth. And, I mean, you might as well just say it. You've been a Browns fan since birth, like the rest of us. Oh, uh, pretty close. And, you know? um, you know, I mean, being a Browns fan, it, it is, it is the emotion. It's, um, you know, it's, it's the, it was the jubilation of, of beating the Steelers yes. twice in a row this past season. It was the, um, you know, it was the utter despair, red, right, 88, of just thinking that was that was our season and didn't get out of the first playoff game. Um, it, it's it's your grandfather flipping off Art Modell and screaming at him. Um, <laughs> absolutely. It's, it's, it's um, you know, it, it's crying with Eric Metcalf, or with, uh, I'm sorry, with, it, it's, it's, you that know, was me that, crying to Eric, Eric Metcalf. Metcalf. <laughs> that was you crying with Eric Metcalf. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, that was me crying. <laughs> that was you crying. Oh my gosh. It, it, it's cry. It's crying with Ernest Biner after the fumble, knowing that the Browns wouldn't have been in that game without him. Yes. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's being a fan. It's, it's, being totally in on the on this team for for damn near your entire life, and knowing that there there is no other team out there, um, that's why it's going to mean so much, uh, you know, when this team gets there. You know, I and, I I often think that, you know, in my mind that Browns players listen to this podcast, and I hope they do, you know, because no matter how much shit talking we do about them you know, off the field or on Twitter, you know, wherever, whatever social media site, you know, that happens, you know, on the radio, in the end, we're always going to be there for them. You know, if anyone ever gives up on the city of Cleveland or anybody in the city of Cleveland or any Cleveland sports team, they are going to miss out on something spectacular, especially if it's the Browns. If you gave up two years ago with Freddie Kitchens, you no longer get to ride this train. You no longer get to bask in the glory because you said, F it, I'm done with this team and broke your television like some Yenzer does. You know, it's, <laughs> you no longer get to, you know, yeah, you're going to be a Clevelander and celebrate like a Clevelander. But I don't think, I don't want to be mean about this, 
but I don't think that you would deserve as much what's the right word as much um, emotion behind it because you gave up you know to me you're not vested the same you're yes, just not if yes, you've, if you're you've not you've as got, invested if you've only had one foot in through this yes. process yeah you're just not vested the same way yes exactly so you can buy the shirts and you can wear them and everything but it's not the same it's like the it's like the Ohio Steelers fans that go around talking about how many championships you know the 21 year old from Ohio that's never been to Pittsburgh that goes around talking about how many Super Bowls they've won okay great you know you awesome. ever been there you, you know how many how many Steelers can you name um you know um congratulations but you're not going to feel it the same way let me tell you something it's like you know i have the opportunity because i work near um a place where i could go see al learner every day if i wanted to you know and it's one of those things to where i have i've seen him twice now you know and i paid my respects you know and because i felt i had to you know not only for myself you know for the man that gave me this fandom or allowed it to happen here in Cleveland, you know, but for my grandfather, you know, he was a fan since the very beginning, 1946. And it's one of those things to where this is embedded in your DNA. You know, you have to understand that if you're not with us, then you're against us. And that saying isn't more truer than this season coming up. Yeah, I agree. You know, you, you just you just come to a point in the road where you can see the you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, and and you can look over Browns history or your history being a Browns fan, and you always think you see that light somewhere down there, and until it's in your face, you never realize yes. you never realize what it really is, and. You're just looking at you're looking at a situation where, you know, you have a you have a damn good football team, and you, you know I can't say enough about a guy like Andrew Barry, you know, who left yeah. here when he was under John Dorsey. You know, Haslam's let him go. He went to Philadelphia. He learned the finer aspects of what a general manager is. And they were able to get him back here. And you're talking about a guy who has vision, a guy who has heart, a guy who is, he's a people person. He gets it, you know, and we can talk about what happens between the white lines, but you know, you really, you have to look, you have to go to the front office and you have to look at the things that they've done and the mistakes that they've made, the owners have made and learn from it. You know, from being a laughing stock of the NFL, from being just a dysfunctional train wreck of people just in and out. And, and you sit here today and you're going, man, in, in four months, it's time to get it on. Yeah. 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 It's going to be put up or shut up time at that point. You know, and, and you just sit here and you're going, what am I going to talk about all summer? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know. I don't know. 
and you know, a topic. We, you know, and you can sit here and you're going to have 7,000 podcasts talking about the same thing endlessly. You're going to you're going to sit there on social media and you're going to see the same spew rolling down your screen. You know something? You better enjoy the next <laughs> couple months to the end of July because come the end of July, it's game time, baby. The right. moments are on. Yep. It's right. I mean, what do you think about that, Rod? Because it's, it's, I know you're excited and you don't usually, you know, get too hype when we, you know, are on the podcast and talking about it, but there's got to be some sort of emotion in you that is like, hell fucking yeah, let's go, you know? Oh, I, I'm excited, but you know, the, I mean, the last art, the last article I put out was, was yeah. exactly about, um, enjoy the next few months. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to, it's going to be Save a migrant city. Yeah. Um, you know, let, let's all enjoy the fact that we got, you know, we got this great team just waiting for us to enjoy, you know, and it, it's going to, I mean, guys, it's going to be a great season. We know it's going to be a great season and a lot of fun, you know, whether they, whether they win a title or not, we don't know, but I mean, I, I can't imagine this team's going to go out and, you know, and lose 12 games, you know, I don't think so. Um, I, there's, uh, I, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. No matter, oh, I yeah. think no matter what. So, so I think we're going to have a lot of fun with it. Um, you know, hopefully it, hopefully it's just fantastic, and they, you know, they outdo even what they did last season, and you know, and, and we and we have something to remember for the rest of our lives. But you know, if that doesn't happen this season, you know, I got confidence that they're building for the long term, and and um, you know, I'm just I'm excited. Like Lane keeps saying, the direction of the team is just is phenomenal. So, you, talk, you talk about building for the future. You know, this is yeah. an organization that looks, it's th- they look three years out. Okay, yeah. everybody's looking at the immediacy of what you're doing today. The, the thing is, is that they they look three years out. They want to see where they're at. You know, that's, that's, you know, why they've made it a point to roll over cash, why they've made it a point to accumulate draft picks or roll them to get something else. It's because... At some point, you're going to need that guy to take this guy's spot. You know, yeah. it's just it's just the evolution of a roster. It's an evolution of what football is. The game changes. Players change. You love. You don't necessarily have to love the name on the back of the jersey. It's all about the name. It's on the front. It's all about it's what's what's what you're putting on your head. You know, those are the things that ultimately matter. Those guys, those guys have the opportunity to get you what you want, what you're looking for. And people should be excited. They're excited because they want to be that guy. But at the end of the day, it's the Cleveland Browns. It's the Cleveland Browns that have not won a championship since 1964. I hate going back to that, but that's just the reality it's, of what it is. Facts, that's right. So, it's facts. Right. So, I mean, why I don't, would you... I don't deal in all the yeah. rah-rah. I don't do that. When we can stop naming years, then, you know, then, then there's, uh, then that's when they really accomplish something. <laughs> Every, everybody likes to have the opportunity to be that guy. You have an organization who wants to be that guy. You have a quarterback that wants to be that guy. You got a head coach who really gets it, who's really good with people. It's, you know, it's going to be interesting. We can sit here and talk about a fourth-round draft choice who's a, a left tackle that could play a right tackle. You know, we could talk about a, a, 
a safety that was, you know, selected in the sixth round who, you know, could make the team and be on special teams, you know, and, you know, as we go through the summer and training camp, I'm sure we're going to do a lot of that. Um, I mean, it just comes down to one thing. You're a fan. Yeah. If you're a fan of the Cleveland Browns, okay, you'd be excited. And right. take it in because it may be an opportunity that you only get once. That's for sure. That's for sure. I've never had that opportunity. You know, yeah. it's a lot of us haven't, you know, you know, grew, you know, my guy grew up with my guy had to go to Dallas to get his yep. ring. And okay. I know and I know. And it sucks because I wanted him to have the ring here so yeah. badly. And that was and, at yeah. 13. And as, I proud, as proud as he is of contributing and being on that team, because he played a role, okay? Absolutely, he, wanted, he did. He wanted that ring here. He yeah. wanted to be that yeah. guy here. And that's that's a thing that, for a guy even like Bernie, he's not doesn't play anymore. But you know something? He's still a Cleveland Brown. Him. Ernest Biner, Kevin Mack, Reggie Langhorn, mm-hmm. you know, Eddie Johnson, rest in peace. All those guys, it it matters because you see them involved. Eric Metcalf. Yes. It, yeah. it all comes it all comes back to, you know, we were Cleveland Browns. It it means something. Okay. These guys always come back and they I always never will. Hear, yeah, exactly. I never That's hear right. Bernie saying, Oh, I was a cowboy. He goes, no, I'm a Cleveland Brown. <laughs> you yeah. know, you never hear, yeah. and I, I love you, Bernie, and I could be wrong, but you, I mean, he is the ultimate underdog. Everybody doubted him. Oh, he's got a quirky throw. Oh, he can do this. You know, he's doing that. You know, he runs funny, you know, whatever. But you know what? He got us to umpteen, you know, playoff games. You know, yeah, we couldn't get to the show, but it's one of those things to where Bernie is a Cleveland Brown, always has been, always will be, and that's why he still is around here. Right. Because, I mean, that's right. you know, you don't see, you see EB when he does analysis, if you watch his Twitter feed, you know, during the season, he's spot on. He's analyzing every move, every footstep, you know, every blink. You know, you move oh, yeah. an eyebrow. He's got that written down. You know, it's, 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 you know what? Screw it. I wouldn't trade this team, this city, or any of its players for 30 chickens in a squash. Ever. <laughs> You're going to get it is there soon. Back, 30 chickens in a squash. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, get, just getting to the, the point of all this. Yeah. Because <laughs> I can wrap, wrap up. up here. No, no. I mean, it's it's good to just express, to let let it out because it's 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 pent up. We need to let go of the old because we have to embrace the new. You know, Rod, you were talking about the new somewhere. I can't remember. You know, like enjoying this team and enjoying what's going to happen. You know, we as as conditioned fans, you know, and I hate to say it like this, but we're conditioned to lose. We're conditioned to, to take those bumps to the head and say okay we'll get them next year like i said earlier but you know what this is a brand new team it's a brand new day 
a brand new season. If last season is any indication of what's going to happen this season, we're in for one hell of a fucking ride. And that's all I can say about that. Right. I mean, as long as you go along and you, you, you get the two by four along your head for 20 years, you know, that, that's becomes yep. your expectation. You uh-huh. know, you, you, you wait for the next shoe to drop and you know, people are going to sit here and they're going to listen to this and they're not going to, they're not going to get it. Some will, some won't, they're, you know, this tonight's show was all about getting from point A to point B. We've all lived point A. Yes. And could never get to point B. Tonight, we officially get to point B. Yep. Anybody who's listening to it and is going to point B with us, let's go. But tonight, this is us going there. The past, the past is, it's, it's done. There's, there's nothing more to say about it. It is what it is. And the, and, and the thing is, is that, you know, I see, you know, when Rod, you know, places questions out there, you know, or Lane, you know, you do, you describe stuff and, you know, point out facts, you know, with the trolls and stuff. And me, I just sit there and I'm just like, all right, you know what, why does people, why do people keep bringing up the old? Because that's all we have at this point, but they're not paying <laughs> attention to what's sitting in front of us. Uh, this team you, is spectacular. But the paper, problem, is, the problem is, is that a lot of people don't, they don't buy it or they don't realize it. They don't understand it because they've never lived it. Yeah, exactly. They're not it's, used to winning or having winning mentality. Right. It's hard to believe that that can be the reality. That's why, that's why a season ago, everything was so up and down. Fans were just insanely happy or just extremely yeah. pissed. I was one I mean, of them. Because you don't, you don't know how to process it. You don't know how to accept it. it, it it's hard to just fathom how your emotions can change in a couple minute period. You know, and this is where this is where we've we've gone, and we got it. We're past it now. Now I mean, it's all about twenty twenty one. Rod, when did it change for you? Because I could tell you the exact moment that it changed for me in regards to. Uh, the new now I don't want to say the new Browns because that's not the right term. The feeling the, that the that the team was over the hump, kind yes, of. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I have two moments in mind in my brain Gosh. that sticks in my, you know. I I don't know if there's if there was really a moment. I think it's just when the when I saw this team uh, last season. And the way they were responding to uh, to Kevin Stefanski, and the fact that they were able to to find ways to win instead of finding ways to lose, um, I think that I think it just kind of took the team. You know, took me um, several games into the season. I don't even know what the record was when I figured they were, you know, over the hump. But you knew something was different. Um, when they were winning games that they would have found a way to lose in prior seasons. See, I look, I, I look back at the John Dorsey time, and I believe John Dorsey did a lot of good things for this team with some of the talent that he accumulated. They blew it in the head coach, but you could see the talent accumulation was coming into play, but you needed you needed that staff that could get it out of these guys and yeah. the big and that was and that was the biggest move john dorsey accumulated talent oh the, i agree i agree move, totally 
the natural progression was it was John Dorsey wasn't a general manager though. Yeah. He, he's a personnel guy and he had his hands in everything. He had his hand picked coach, his hands were in everything. So the natural progression of him being removed was obvious. And he had an opportunity to stay in a, in a different type of role, but that wasn't going to work. So you, you accumulate the talent. Now you just had to have somebody to lead it. And that's when you get into a Paul D. Podesta who wanted Kevin Stefanski to be the head coach a year earlier. Um, you, you had the sense that it was going to go that way. A very mild-mannered, articulate, intelligent guy who knew how to communicate. And it worked. It worked. They surrounded themselves with good people, good coaches. It was just a matter then of getting those guys that played through that Freddie dysfunction of yeah. ill-preparedness to a guy that's very prepared. You know, when you mm-hmm. look at the first game Kevin Stefanski coached in the regular season, and the Browns got their ass kicked. Yep. And people were like, oh, good God, the sky is falling. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it, and it all came together. Right. The very next game. Right. So, you know, yeah. it's it's one of those things. I mean, the NFL is not for long. You know, think, things happen. And this, this game, you can get your ass beat and then come back the next week and beat the best team in the National Football League. So, you know, you, you still got to play the game. But, John, I think you go back to Sashi Brown, you know, when they stripped this thing all down to the studs and accumulated 17,000 draft picks. <laughs> Through the through the disaster of Hugh, let me slash you in the back, Jackson. Yeah, and that son of a. You know, and it, it gets you yeah. into the, gets you into the John Dorsey era where they accumulated some talent. You know, and you end up with Andrew Barry, who's the intelligent, articulate guy who believes in analytics and believes in real football scouting. You get a guy who's aligned with that as a head coach with a guy who's heading up the organization at the Podesta, you know, the next thing you know, you got, you got just a straight line of guys that are on the same page. Your organization follows suit and you, you sit there at 11 and five heading into 2021. For me, it was the, and it mine's more emotional than, you know, like just straight football talk when you guys are playing, you know, talking about plays and, you know, the acquiring of talent and stuff. For me, it was the, second half when Baker Mayfield stepped onto that field and it felt like all the wind was sucked out of the stadium until he threw that first completion. And it was like new life. Like literally you felt like new life had come into Cleveland out of fucking nowhere, you know? And the second moment for me was a couple years later last season. And all I have to say about that is 48 to 37 in the wild card game. I mean, it, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting because I can, I think back when Baker Mayfield was selected and they started Taylor at quarterback, huge yeah. and you know, they're playing a game downtown against the New York jets. Yep. I mean, I, I remember it vividly because I didn't get the, I watched the game on television. My my late wife was in the Cleveland Clinic with her. Yes. So, mm-hmm. you know, we watched that game from there. And you could feel the energy. You know, pe- people at the hospital were buzzing. Like, oh, Baker's playing. Baker's playing. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and you could you could just see excitement on the field. You could see the temperament and everything change. 
that's when I started to really feel that, you know, maybe they got it right. Yeah. And then, and then to see how later on in that season, he just, he lit it up at times. I mean, just lit it up, you know, and it's unfortunate that, you know, ultimately they went through this train wreck of the, the Freddie era and, you know, then not keeping Zampezi and stuff like that, who had a great relationship with Baker, you know, helping him develop in that rookie year where there were struggles. I mean, you're going to have natural struggles, but just to see why it happened, which was just, it was just uncalled for. And, you know, you sit here today and you're going, you know, you were minutes away from playing for the AFC championship game. That close. Yeah. Sure were. I mean, it's against the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, the, the team that nobody was going to beat. They were invincible to everybody. They almost got taken out by the Cleveland Browns, who were minus X, Y, and Z players in this game. And they didn't know what to do about it. If you watch their reactions and their faces and their mannerisms, they were so confused. And that was probably the <laughs> best thing I'd ever seen in my life. You know, I don't care if we yeah. lost or not. I mean, I do. But you know what? That was so much fun, and that was such a great game for me because it proved that we have the cojones to be able to take on these big bears of teams and basically, you know, cut their claws down. And next year, we're going to be able to skin them, you know, and mount them on our wall and say, hey, notch number one, done. Notch number two, done. You know, (laughs) game by game, play by play. I believe that we're just, it's just going to happen. It's, I have no doubt. I have so much faith in Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry that it's very reminiscent to me of, you know, being faithful to coach Schottenheimer, you know, the coach I grew up with, you know, and it's yeah. like, Marty was a good man. I, I liked yeah. him a lot. I got to meet him at a training camp one year and he, you know, made sure he, you know, patted me on the shoulder and said, it's good to see a girl out here watching some football. And I was like, <laughs> you know, nice. I was like, I was like, uh, my grandpa bought, brought me, you know, and he, I pointed to him and he goes, well, that's good to see grandpa should do that sort of thing. And, you know, it's like, I have those little stories, you know, so yeah. this season, you know, and I don't know if we're wrapping up or not, but for me, my final words yeah. to the Browns fans, you know, would probably be, it's like, remember those things that we were taught as kids. If you grew up as a fan of the Cleveland Browns, you know, remember those times that even if you were later on fans, you know, when from beginning, you know, let's say their beginning was 2000, you know, 99, you know, whatever. Remember this because I don't think we will ever see the dysfunction over the last 20 years ever again. I think the Haslam's have the right people in the right places. And I think that us as Browns fans need to uncondition ourselves to the losing mentality, because to be honest, that's all I see on social media. It's a losing mentality about this team. Well, if Clowney got put here, or if he did this, you know, or if JOK did this and what if we do this, you you know, no, you know what? Trust the system, trust the chess game that coach and Andrew Barry are playing because I'm telling you, this is going to be game set match. The guy, the guys are running the team are smarter than us right now. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Than us. 
I mean, we, maybe that's we, not always been the case. It is now. We can, we can actually you, say that this time and actually yeah. and mean it and mean it. I mean, maybe maybe except for Rachel because she's got the, all the answers. No, all I true. do not. It's yeah. yeah. Okay, but it's for me. It's it's this time I'm trusting the system, and I haven't been able to say that in forever and a year. You know, it's yeah. I'm going to believe, I choose to believe in this team. Now, will I talk shit if they lose badly? Absolutely. Don't think I won't because I wouldn't be me if I didn't. Will I be angry about it for a minute? Yes. But I'm going to have that mentality of, okay, time to go on to the next game. Because if the coach is going to do that and condition the players to do that, we can't be mouthing off about it on social media. These guys see this stuff. Okay. You know, Bernie sees my stuff. You know, Eric Metcalf sees my stuff. Ernest Biner sees my stuff. These guys, all of us, see all of our stuff, all of our complaining, all of our bitching, all of our moaning, all of our Lane praying. and I don't complain, though. Oh, that's a lie. <laughs> you know, they see what we say, and I think sometimes they do take it personal. I don't care what they oh, say. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't worry about it. No, they do worry about it because this team and these players care what we think as fans. They well, sure. care. You know, sure. Baker Mayfield cares. He took it personal last year, and look what he did with this team. He helped bring yeah. this team to a wild card game. Think about that for a second. We yeah. were dogging him and dogging him and dogging him for being fat, you know, for being lazy, for being this, for being that. He comes back 20 pounds lighter, and now he's 20 pounds heavier and muscled this year. Mm-hmm. This guy is going to wreak havoc on the NFL, and I'm going to sit there and eat my popcorn and enjoy every second of it. Yeah, you have anything in closing, Lane? I th- it's probably time we wrap up. Oh, I was wondering if Rachel was going to give us those roast beef sandwiches yet or not. That would be good. Yeah. Okay, go to the store next, and get the roast time. beef yourself. You see, you see, after two hours, and we're still getting the same thing. Well, somewhere. Same you story. Are grown men, okay. <laughs> You guys know how to drive a car, I hope. Oh, come on okay. now. You oh, guys boy. know how to go to the store. You guys know how to pick out beer. I don't see how hard it is to get roast beef. All right, Rod. Thank you we, up on we, that. We, we know how it is. Um, we do. You know, just you know, just getting getting down to the end of this thing. It's you know what we did here was really just just raw emotion about what the Cleveland Browns are, what it meant to you, what it, what it could mean to you, what it meant to your family, what the history was, you know, it's just, it was just, just raw emotion on what people feel about it. You know, it's, it's something that you won't likely hear to this magnitude again from us, Nope. but it'll come up from time to time, but not an entire show where you just let it all out. And that's what makes this special. That's what makes sitting here and having Rachel just speak and let out what she feels and what what the Cleveland Browns meant to her, her grandfather. You don't get that everywhere. Anybody can sit there and talk about the positions. And we'll do enough of that as we go along. Tonight, it was just about people. Not just us, but you guys who are going to listen to this. Hoping that you can feel and understand 
what we feel, not just because we're doing a podcast, but because we're Browns fans. We want to see the Browns win. We know you want to see the Browns win. So I hope you enjoy our rambling because it was a lot of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'd say that. And, you know, Rachel still didn't take care of Rod and I for our roast beef sandwich, but you know we'll, we'll, we'll get her some. We'll get her. We'll get to her sometime. I don't have the meat. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, just just listen, listen to it, and take it in. I mean, that's if you're a Browns fan, that's all we can ask you to do. I'm just going to throw this out there on that note with you, Lane. You know, before you start talking, Rod was if you got a story about the Cleveland Browns, I want to hear it. Tweet at me. You know, I want to hear the emotion behind it because I don't think we need to be talking about stats or, you know, anything right now. You know, yeah. my handle on Twitter is at redhead013013. Shoot me a tweet, you know, DM me. I don't care. I would love to hear these stories because I could talk all day about, you know, my grandpa and, you know, we can talk about, you know, Rod and his family and growing up with the Browns, you know, and Lane, you know, in the hundreds of years that he's worked with the Browns. <laughs> Man, I, you know, <laughs> holy shit. Oh, my word. You know, yeah, don't, I, don't I worry. You're going to get a DM all right. I know. I'm I'm more interested <laughs> now in what uh, Rod has to say so I can dig myself out of this hole. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I got to follow that. Seriously? Yes, you do. Well, guys, this has been... You know, I don't want to just say it's been fun because, I mean, it's always fun talking and, and Browns and, and everything else. This this has been different. Um, you know, it's it's, you know, it, it's been having a real conversation. And, you know, uh, I want to give uh, I want to give Lane credit for coming up with the idea to just Absolutely. to just try this thing uh, to see how it would go to just pretty much not rehearse anything and just uh jump on the podcast and just start talking you know we didn't we didn't plan what we were going to talk about um you know we had nothing and i don't have anything around me nothing written down I do. um like i usually do well you cheated then um <laughs> how is i gonna but, remember this crap okay yeah but anyway yeah, you know I'll so imagine that yeah so you know i it, it's been it's been fun to see how this went and yeah. you know i I thought I thought um, I thought we really got into some great conversation, and it, it's always great talking to the two two of you. And um, you know, we'll we'll uh, I'm inter- I'm interested to see what kind of feedback we get from everybody <laughs> on this. So definitely hit us up to let us know what you thought of, of this of this uh, of this way of recording Absolutely. for this podcast, and um, we'll we'll uh, see what we end up doing from here on out. But um, as for right now, we're going to we're going to hit the uh, stop button and we thank you for listening.